0: Welcome to the MarTech
1: Podcast. I'm your host Benjamin Shapiro and today we're going to discuss a little bit about GTM and why you need to think about security for it. Joining us is Daniel Avital who's the Chief Strategy Officer at Check, which is a global leader in go-to-market security trusted by over 14,000 customers worldwide to protect their marketing revenue and data operations. With CHECK, organizations can secure their entire go-to-market effort, eliminate bots, fake users, client-side threats, cyber attacks, data contamination, and compliancy risk. Yesterday, Daniel and I talked about the need for go-to-market security, and today we're going to continue the conversation talking about why bots cause Black Friday losses. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Daniel Avital, the Chief Strategy Officer at CHECK. Daniel, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks, Benjamin. It was a pleasure talking to you
2: earlier and glad to be here again.
1: Excited to have you back on the show and talk a little bit more about this notion of go-to-market security, where yesterday you outlined that potentially up to 40 to 60% of our conversions are actually not really conversions. They could be part of the fake web, bots and scams and God knows what else. The Elon Musk Twitter legal strategy. Hey, the entire internet's fake, so I shouldn't have to pay as much. But this is a real problem for companies that are relying on digital marketing and web conversions because we can't necessarily always validate that the people we think are coming through our doors are actually, in fact, people. And it's not just in your go-to-market, your B2B, your SaaS. We're seeing the same thing in e-commerce, and we're coming up on Black Friday here. So talk to me about Black Friday bots. How big of a problem is this? Is e-commerce really a place where we're seeing lots of false conversions as well?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think e-commerce retail is one of the most susceptible areas. Our customer base sits across all verticals, financial services, higher education, travel and hospitality. We see it all. And definitely e-commerce in our global bot report last year reported an average of 32% of all traffic in e-commerce retail sites is not real or falls under the definition of the fake web. Not necessarily just a bot. It could be automation tools. It could be proxies, which are a problem. VPNs are a problem in e-commerce if they're... Restricted to geo, and it is a major problem. And we also released data last year from we did a post mortem on Black Friday in the US, found one in three shoppers online in the US was fake. So it's a big problem.
1: That's an incredible amount. One of three shoppers are fake. Now, talk to me about what the business impact is there. If I'm running an e commerce store and somebody goes through and has a conversion, and i ship them a physical product and i get a credit card and they're paying how do i know if that's a fake or real transaction or do i even care i'm getting paid for this conversion isn't that what e-commerce is all about
2: well remember when i say one in three user visiting these websites across black friday is fake it doesn't mean that all of them are necessarily completing a purchase but let's take the use case of which a fake user bad actor bot driven automation tool or script completes a purchase, often this is done with stolen credit card information, probably purchased on the fake web, and will result weeks or months later in a chargeback. So a chargeback fraud is a massive, 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 multi-billion dollar problem. And this is one of the main use cases and one of the main sufferers is e-commerce. So the fact that they completed the purchase does not mean that it's going to end well. But again, many of these users are not completing a purchase. One of the most common attacks that we see across our retail customers is what's called a denial of inventory attack. So, uh, really Machiavellian wars go on. I don't know if, how people are aware between retailers, especially on the big holidays, and we all know that ultimately there's items which are the best sellers are going to drive a big portion of the revenue. Sometimes limited in stock, very heavy discounts, and the war for the consumers around these items. So we've seen countless cases. This is absolutely routine where bots or network of bots are sent to a competing website they perform what's called shopping cart stuffing, right? So they'll take a hundred items of the, whatever, Xbox, put it in the shopping cart, don't complete the purchase. This item is now depleted from the inventory and users have to go to a competing website. So you could be losing customers this way. And this is just one of many, many, many ways that retailers impacted on Black Friday.
1: That's an interesting tactic where competitive brands are basically sending bots towards their competitors to essentially gobble up the inventory so people can't make conversions. You mentioned the Xbox as an example, the gaming consoles. A million years ago, I worked at eBay, and the gaming consoles were always some of the biggest pieces of inventory that drove holiday sales. And the goal is to get people on the site for those sort of capstone most important products and then hope people buy auxiliary products or do the rest of their shopping on the site. So there's this idea that companies are blocking the amount of inventory for their competitors. What are some of the other things that are happening that the bad actors are doing around Black Friday and the holidays?
2: First of all, Nike has put out a whole policy around this for this upcoming Black Friday. There's the whole issue of shopping bots, right? Just to be clear, shopping bot, meaning that I have programmed an automation tool, maybe it's a headless browser like Selenium, to go into a website and complete the actions to make a purchase, which is extremely doable for a 15-year-old kid with a laptop today. You can gobble up high-demand items in milliseconds. Now, granted, the retailer is not losing. I mean, they're selling and they're selling the inventory quicker than ever. But do you really, as a retailer, as a brand, want your customers to have an experience where they feel that they're competing against bots to buy the items? I think that is a terrible experience. I think that's why Nike have put out a policy and a strategy around it for this Black Friday.
1: A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex, ready to take your team from I think to I know So basically the idea here is that Nike is going to release 10,000 new Air Jordans and somebody with a laptop, you know, you mentioned the 15 year old with his laptop can come in, create a bot, buy all 10,000 of them and sell them for three times markup or more on the secondary market. So we're not just seeing inventory blocking, we're seeing inventory hoarding as well. What are some of the ways that e-commerce brands can protect themselves? You mentioned Nike has a policy to stop this. Is this all just a policy decision? Or is there technology that's going to block some of the fake web from e-commerce sites?
2: You know, I always say policy comes in where technology fails. I think it's first and foremost a technological challenge that organizations, retailers, brands, the whole internet needs to commit to this idea that we are going to secure the go-to market. Why is this happening? you think about where is security being applied today? It's being applied in the cloud, right? So we put on our information in the cloud and now we have cloud security because it's a big attack surface. application security, network security. There is an understanding that enterprises realize that their marketing funnel, their shopping cart, their contact forms, their marketing campaigns, their audiences are all subject to abuse as well and we have to protect them. So until the protections are put in place, which are technological protections, I don't think policy is going to really solve it, but... Even Elon Musk's solution in the sense that he's talking about now is a policy solution for a technological problem. If they cannot solve the problem of fake accounts, they don't have the means, the wherewithal, the technology to just verify who's real and who's not, then they're going to make you pay. It's a policy decision. I think they're effective, but limited efficiency.
1: It's interesting. I mentioned back a million years ago, I worked at eBay I was there when eBay was defrauded in their affiliate program. It was something like $6, 7000000 million went to affiliates that were not providing actual legitimate transactions. They were cookie stuffing and stuff that probably seems like it's a no-brainer to find now. But at the time, it was relatively new tactics. And the way that eBay was actually able to find that something was going on is they were looking at what the standard conversion metrics were for 99% of their affiliates. And then there was this 1% where their time on site was dramatically less or their average cart item was so dramatically different. It was so many outliers that they were able to say, look, we're going to double down and look into how these, this traffic is actually being driven because it doesn't seem legitimate. Yes, we can find technology solutions that are trying to isolate who is real and who isn't. But sometimes that can be very challenging. How do you use analytics and then set policies to basically de-incentivize the bots and the spam traffic from creating fake purchases, stealing your inventory, doing all the things that we don't want them to do?
2: Go-to-market security has two layers to it as a principle. The first layer is visibility, and that's in the data analytics. The second layer, by the way, is remediation. But it all starts with visibility. You have to have a view of everything coming in and out of your funnels, everything in your advertising audiences, all all the traffic coming through your website, all the conversions. You have to have a view of it. You have to be able to discern what's real, what's not. What is not real, you have to be able to say, not that just that it is an invalid user, but what is the nature? Is it a proxy user? Is it an automation tool? Is it a malicious botnet? Is it data center traffic, which is suspicious? You've got to be able to categorize that. Once that is achieved, decisions can be made. And what we do is we connect our fraud detection to our customers' BI or marketing intelligence tools. And then what they're able to do is what we call switch on the light. I'll give you an example. You talked about affiliate fraud, which is a $3.4 billion problem right now. Mainly use cases like you described, credential stuffing, cookie stuffing, or attribution fraud, trying to take credit for conversions that you did not drive. What we're seeing is users looking at their affiliate program, and they're looking at their top 10 performing affiliates by just number of conversions or volume of traffic. And then they switch the light on with the data and analytics product and they can see what's going on in their funnels. And they suddenly realize that their number one performing affiliate marketer, 40% of the traffic they're driving isn't real. And 60% of the conversions were falsely attributed. And then they take the money they kick that affiliate out of the program. They take the money going there and they put it towards the affiliates with the cleanest traffic. So data and analytics, just from the insight of what you see, we're able to make decisions and optimize our business performance. And that's even before we proactively block fake clicks on Google or kick bots out of our website. That's just from the data and analytics. Super, super valuable
1: you know it's not enough to just assume that you're going to catch everyone at the front door sometimes you have to catch them sneaking out the back window and this is a technology solution to stop the fake web from getting to your website But you have to use some judgment. You have to use some analytics. You have to use some common sense and try to think if it seems too good to be true, then it probably is. If you got an affiliate that is able to drive 90% of your conversions, maybe you want to double check to make sure that all of those are actually legitimate. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Daniel Avital, the Chief Strategy Officer at Check. If you'd like to get in touch with Daniel, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is Daniel underscore Avital. That's D-A-N-I-E-L underscore A-V-I-T-A-L. Or you could visit his company's website, which is check.ai. That's C-H-E-Q A-I. And if you go to check.ai slash research, there's a whole bunch of research about what's happening with Black Friday and how big of a problem this might be for your brand